Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapter. Here you will find practical tips for your agricultural classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from Oklahoma State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit our webpage at owlpelletsforag.wordpress.com. That's owlpelletsforag, all one word, .wordpress.com. Welcome back. Uh, we are still here in St. Louis, Missouri, and we are having another critical conversation. And tonight, we're excited. We all shared dinner with some great friends, and we have basically like Team Ag Ed at the Zip. table, which is great. And tonight's critical conversation with ag teachers, professors, um, parents, all those elements represented here, we're going to have the conversation about accountability and testing. And so, you know, ag education so many times of misses, and, and, and it's great, you know, we're not involved in many times this core content state testing. But as we look at the guaranteed and viable curriculum and are we teaching what we're supposed to, should we have testing? And what is the role of testing in ag education? Um, and so this research article kind of prompted our idea. So should we test in ag education? Mm -hmm. That is the argument today. So let's go around and start by just everybody saying we have a larger group than we're used to. This is, this is really cool. So we've, we've got folks that are on the front lines that are teaching every single day. We've got those of us at the university level that are doing it. And we've got folks that have teaching experience and folks that are now in ag in the classroom kind of thing, kind of seeing what's happening from the outside. So it's really cool. So Alan, I'll start with you and then we'll go to see who we got here with us tonight. Sure. I'm Alan Spencer. I'm the ag teacher in Red Oak, Iowa. Kayla? Hi, Kayla Pioff, and I am an agriculture instructor in Orlando, Florida. Okay, Carrie. Carrie Seidel, education specialist with Minnesota Ag in the Classroom and former ag biotech teacher in Florida. Sue Nott, I'm also an education specialist with Minnesota Ag in the Classroom, and prior to that I was 10 years in the classroom at Watertown Mayor High School in um, Watertown, Minnesota as an ag teacher. So the real difference this time, guys, is we have people who know what the heck they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a little nervous to be doing this with I people. I mean, it's different when you think only your mom's listening to you. <laughs> uh, when there are actually people here to ironically hold you accountable yes. for what you're actually doing, that's a kind of a great lead into testing. I'm getting better at this, I think. Yes. Right. <laughs> so so we talk about testing. Here's my big question. We talk about, we've talked about the whole school-based ag ed model, what is it supposed to be doing? We've talked about teacher identity, whether we're going to be ag teacher, whether we're, as ag teachers, are we in the education business or we're in the agriculture business? What are we going to do here? We talk about how we teach, you know, the curriculum and SAEs and FFA and all these sort of things. And then we've got this testing thing. I think part of it is what is the purpose of testing? Why are we having testing? Mm -hmm. And is it to really to hold students accountable? Is it to hold teachers accountable? Is it to hold the school accountable? Or is this to help drive instruction? And I think that's one of the, the big questions that I have about this is, and then how we do this on a statewide or even a national type of level when we talk about agriculture. So we've got a lot of states here, you know, represented. 
And so how would we do that? How do we? How do, we, how do you guys do testing now? And then how would we do that on a national level? I guess is one of the questions that I have to get started. Yeah, I can. I can start to that conversation. Uh, in Orlando, our testing is done on a countywide basis. So we have what are called CFEs or common final exams. And that test is written. That question always comes up, well, who's writing this test? It's uh, it's every agriculture instructor in the county at the end of the semester is, uh, or the end of the year is testing the same test. Um, and it's written by ag instructors in Orange County. So ideally, it's matching the agricultural needs of our local community. But that's a little different than like the program that I was in. If you were, if all the ag teachers were testing the same thing in the county, that would be me and right. my two co-teachers. <laughs> yeah, so right. the three of us would sit down in our, our shared office and write a test and put it out there. So it wouldn't look the same, I don't think, is what you've got. How many ag teachers are in your county? Yeah, we've got 22 separate programs. So, uh, and then, you know, of course, the question comes up if we're teaching agri-science foundations, which is a first-level course for us, then there's lots of us that are teaching that. But then when we get into some of these more specialized courses, a friend that teaches ag communications, it's him and one other person. So uh, are they really aligning what they're teaching in the classroom and the test that we wrote for that? Is it really what the industry needs? That poses a very different question. And that's a summative test. So right. at the end of a unit, there is a, did you teach what you were supposed to the teach? At the end of the year. At the end of the year. And yeah. did kiddos get, and, and did it stick? So you have some kind of measurement of, did you do what you were supposed to do in teaching that curriculum, and did it stick? Yeah, and then there's always that question of how valuable is that? Because how much are we right. really testing over the whole year, or how much are we preparing off of a study guide mm -hmm. in order to make sure that we're meeting the needs of our community. And one thing with, with the whole, just kind of the, the logistics of all this, in Florida we have county-based school districts. Right. So we have 67 counties in the state, and so we have 67 school districts, plus a couple of extras running around. But <laughs> mainly 67 you know, school districts on there. And so in this case, 20-plus you know, 20 ag teachers make up that entire school district. So they have one school board, one administration to do this kind of thing where – you know, back when we were teaching about dinosaur production, when I was teaching <laughs> high school ag, in Illinois, we had five school districts in the county, but each one of the five of us were, were separate school districts, separate school boards, separate high schools, that sort of thing. And so we, we were completely separate in that same county. So I think that plays plays a role into how these things kind of work. And I don't know, Iowa, I think it's the same way. You guys are independent school districts yeah, as well. Yeah, we're all independent. We have about 340-ish high schools in Iowa. Um, but we're Iowa's traditionally been local control, so most of the things you've always been able to make the decision on was handled locally. And I'm I'm the only ag teacher in the county. There are three school districts that kind of touch the county, um, but uh, but in Iowa we don't have any kind of requirement uh, for a statewide test for agricultural education there are things we're judged by what people have to do on the Iowa assessment test so oftentimes during professional development we have to sit there and figure out okay uh, the math science and and English scores and analyze those and how kids are doing in classes but you know we touch on a lot of those things in ag education I think the closest thing I have in our school is our uh, industrial tech teacher has a welding academy with the community college and he has a, uh, a year-long program where the kids commit two periods a day and they have to meet certain requirements to get that welding certificate at the end 
Now, Alan, it's interesting you, your programs and how it's set up there sounds very similar to what we had in Kentucky when I was teaching, um, except that we weren't responsible for the core content subjects. They had teachers to do that part. So mm -hmm. the ag programs were responsible for, we were held accountable by the, um, the it was called practical living and vocational studies <laughs> portion, which like was partial studying habits, doing taxes, um, and then, like, huh. the rules of dodgeball, <laughs> archery, and so... I'm thinking about wrench. Okay. Yeah, right. so, Kayla, a lot of what you were talking about, like, do you, how do you prepare for that? Like, nowhere in my animal science class can I teach the rules of dodgeball, <laughs> but I'm going to be held accountable. So, sure. like, there is some of that cramming at the end. Yeah. Now, the question I have for you guys, and uh, this may be a bit of a an argument, so I'm going to put that out there. I am not confident that ag teachers have all of the skill set needed to create a quality summative assessment, hmm. even if there's 22 of them. Well, I, I think when we look at summative assessments, I think the first thing that, so as a person that led instruction as a principal of a 900 student junior high, um, I think there's just so many different pretenses when we talk about testing. So there is the math, the science, the English, the language arts, those groups that will be tested at a state level. Sure. And, and my job as a principal and their jobs as teachers were dependent upon consistent performance within reason on a state exam. And I think that preparation is one form of testing. So I think those teachers, it is woven into their fabric in Oklahoma to formatively assess and then prepare a summative assessment because our big mantra was we will not be surprised by the state exam scores. We know what we're going to get before we get it. Mm -hmm. And that's just a part of being a professional learning community and using data to make decisions. Yeah. But my ag teacher, I never talked about that. I never asked my teacher for the really, I asked, but... It wasn't as easy of a fit. Were they not in the professional learning communities as well? They were, but it was within the extracurricular. So right. where math, everyone's teaching ninth grade, so all the ninth grade teachers can get together and look at data and determine if they're being effective mm -hmm. and how to improve. Um, but the ag teacher is in the same professional learning community as the PE teacher, the band teacher. And they're the not home. held accountable for the same content. And they're, you know, when they all get together, they don't have common data to look at. Yeah. So it was really difficult. You know, so, so much of the school culture today is these professional learning communities mm -hmm. and using data to make data-driven decisions. And when you, when you brought the, those elective-type teachers into a group together, they, it was really difficult to use testing as a way to make data-driven decisions in a school system. The ag teachers... I can't blame my ag teacher that, you know, when I was the principal, I can't blame them for not performing as they should have in those PLCs because they had no chance to. Now, in our system, every teacher had to identify and create a curriculum map. These are the basic objectives that I hope to accomplish in Ag 1. Right. And, and I will say, when I went to the ag teacher and said, hey, no big deal, you, you're, you'll be in a PLC, but you don't have to use comparative data. But what I do need you to do is I do need you to upload the goals for your course this semester. I don't care if there's five or 500. That's up to you. 
But what are your goals for the semester? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I need to know your goals for the semester. And you need to outline those objectives in a sequence and a curriculum map. And then you need formative assessments so that you, just like the math teacher, can see if you're being effective. You need to know if your teaching is effective. You need to make decisions based on effectiveness, like everybody else in the school. And so it was the first time we had that conversation of, what are your goals for the year and do you know if you're accomplishing them? And that was a tough conversation because that wasn't the culture of the, of the ag department. And I think that's where, for me, that testing accountability at least provides data for us as teachers to be constantly learning. But what if the tests themselves, I mean, we know this as folks that deal with developing surveys, your, your data is only as good as the instruments with which you're collecting that data, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're making exams that like the choice, you know, if the item choices are not of the same level or C is always the right answer because, <laughs> or the one that's the longest is the right answer because that's the one the teacher makes the most specific, right? There are these ways that students can know how to take tests that won't actually tell you whether or not you're teaching. So I don't know, I kind of get back to that idea and I struggle with it, right? Because there are multiple ways that you can get um, tests done well. Um, I know Florida, are they still doing industry certification? Yeah. Absolutely, and, and that's the other piece of this conversation, probably more important than my common final exam, uh, especially when we're looking at school grades and the impact that it has on school grades, is how many students are able to pass industry certifications. But there's some pushback on that, isn't there? Well, see, and here's the deal that I think, and I want to hear from our Egg in the Classroom friends here on this one, too. They're really trying hard not to participate. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they were not. We're going to drag them in, kicking and screaming. Because I think we talk about it, this testing conversation. And the problem is it's not one conversation. No, it's, it's about, because each test is so different. We're talking about, and I can imagine with, in Minnesota, same thing we're doing with Florida in the classroom is that we're all, you know, to get into that classroom when dealing, especially with elementary age classrooms, you've got to show how it meets some sort of state standard or state testing. Yes. And um, I think Sue and I are kind of keeping this, close to ourselves, but I'm going to spill the beans, that we're attempting to figure out if we really are supporting the standards that we claim some of our products, if you will, or our lessons resources. or our resources are, and taking a look at them with the frame of the specific standard and creating an assessment question is really changing the way that we format or word or put together some of these resources having this new perspective. Sure. Well, and I think that's that's part of the challenge. And, you know, as, as ag teachers, you guys face us every single day is this moving target hmm. because we're, we're having this assessment conversation. And we, we and I think it's great. We need to know, are we making a difference in the classroom? When when Miss Pioff stands in front of that classroom and is teaching those students, how much of a difference is she making in those lives by after if they have spent, you know, 18 weeks or 36 weeks in, in that classroom? Is there a difference there? We need to be able to measure that. While that conversation is happening, and especially in the rest of the building, as they're doing statewide testing and whatever we call it in our states, or Common Core or whatever, I don't care. I think it's the same on that side. Mm -hmm. We've got this industry this industry certification thing that's being launched at us mm -hmm. in there, and it is a whole different ball of wax mm -hmm. on how those tests are being, how they're being created, what their purpose is. And so, and they're created to meet their purpose. 
And so, but yeah. and we're treating them all as the same. I think that that is a different thing than what we're testing here. And then when we get back to this article, I think we lose again. I think this article is really telling us testing can be a teaching tool. Yeah. And this it is this be. is really it going through be. talking about the need is we don't want to wait until the very end mm-hmm. to test them on things. Well, right. but this indus- industry certification, that's where, okay, so as a principal, I would say, I think one of the best things I, the best credo I could live by as a principal was, I hold loosely how you teach. Okay, stand on your head, dance. I don't care. I don't care how you run your classroom. You are a professional. It's not that I don't care. I want you to have the professional identity to there you go, Kate. <laughs> I, I trusted my teachers as phenomenal educators to make those decisions. But I think that's unique, at the end, though. But at the it is unique, but it is a PLC question. That is a PLC culture. Hold loosely how they teach, so long as I hold tightly. That you can show me evidence that it worked, and if it's an, it, what is the teacher wanting? If I had gone to Scott Schaefer and said, Scott, what do you want out of this semester? If he would have said, I want level two certified welders. That's my goal. I'd have said, Great. How can you show me, or what's the data so that you can inform yourself? I'm not trying to get you. I'm trying to say, let's agree on some benchmark so you know if you got the job done. You know, my dad was a farmer. He would look at yields, right? and yields would help him decide how to farm each year. It's not that a helicopter was going to come down and, and reprimand him. It was he wanted to know, how can I farm better? So if the teacher is wanting certified welders, then let's agree on a metric or a measurement to just assess, is it working? How could you get better? If you don't want that as a teacher, that's fine, local control. What do you want, Scott Schaefer? If he would have said, you know what, what I really want is that kiddos understand these 22 just simple principles of metals and welding. Okay, well, let's agree on how we're going to get a metric on that, and then let's look at if you accomplished your goal. So I think, to me, there's this state testing, like, big brother watching you, and I don't want that for us. I love that we have the freedom from that because I see what that did to teachers. But I also don't want to be on the other extreme where teachers – have zero accountability. Yeah. Um, I think there should be, everybody should want to know if what you did worked because that informs you in improvement. Well, if you, yeah, if you care about what you're doing and you're not just in there to draw the paycheck and to get out. But, so we go back, when we draw up a test, what's that test based off of? I would like to offer some experience with the ag biotech industry certification. Yeah. It was a, end of the second year that you had these students that they took this test and it's changed since then I was in the beginnings of it but it was a multiple choice test it felt like it was little pieces of information very specific that they were testing my students on but not something that was showing the skills of biotechnology or the science or the lab skills that they had been learning that was my goal that they could go in to a lab and do this but I don't know how you create an assessment like that uh, I, on I, a large scale. I oversaw the writing of that, Carrie. Okay, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that it, so that's what I'm saying. It was so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> about what you apply Quadra. to decomposing animals. To, yeah. And I was like, um, I don't. But that's the thing. Writing, like, depth of knowledge for mm. items is such a difficult thing, which is why, I mean, let's be real. Like, 
other areas of education, they have not figured this out. Very right? true. Their yeah, standardized tests are, I mean, they'll, they'll have them. I remember when I was teaching, they had these standardized tests and, and students prepared and they got all ready. And then one year they were like, you know what? That actually is not at all indicative, you know, indicative of what students are learning. We're not going to give it anymore. And that, you know, and so, but that's, that was the currency. That's, that drove what you did in your classroom and suddenly it doesn't matter anymore. So obviously we're not the only ones that don't have this figured out, but writing those, I mean, formative assessment is so much easier, I think, to develop than summative assessment that has that benchmark. But there's there's more to this conversation. It's it's how we're so there's the fear that's attached to these tests, right? So as an educator, I'm evaluated based on my students' performance on a test. And so when I teach in a school where my students are coming uh, from uh, lower income areas and and no knowledge of agriculture, and then how much can I really teach them in a year in comparison to some other parts of the county or other parts of the state? Um, when you tie my assessment to their ability to perform on an exam, there's so much pressure for the kids in the classroom. Got you so know, much it, test anxiety and so much things and so many tests that they're taking anyway. And in the same breath, I see Marshall's perspective on this because if I am not choosing a standard and then verifying whether or not my kids have reached it, I'm failing as an instructor. I need to know. And how else do I do that other than assessment, either in a summative or formative form? But if I'm not assessing, then I am not checking myself to see my level of effectiveness. Yeah, Alan? There are, we have to establish certain technical skill attainments that we have to have to be able to report out at the end of the year. And, and those, are okay but it, even in the long run that's not a full scope of what you can do and I, and I, and I what a student can do I I, yeah. I still have issues with a standardized test that's multiple choice I mean just yeah. trying to assess some of the kids that I have can be fantastic at at welding or building something or planting and growing something and monitoring that greenhouse and doing all those different things, but they can't take a standardized test to save their life. So that's kind of my question to the overall group. What do you think about the idea of can summative assessment be an authentic assessment? So here, here's the thing. If and this is the hard, this is why this conversation is critical. <laughs> <laughs> because to me, the hard thing, the not nice thing, is let's just take my experience as a principal. Assessments happen naturally with good teachers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And assessment mm-hmm. isn't about Daily. a state <laughs> compliance. Ass- assessment is about any good education is going to teach you something, give you feedback on your performance, and coach you to improvement. And... I would argue any teacher, the teachers, I had a phenomenal staff when I was a principal. Um, And those teachers were naturally interested in knowing if what they were doing was working. And it wasn't about me getting them. We talked about it. This is a safe space. This isn't about me judging you. This is about you being committed to knowing if your practices work. But the reason it becomes an issue is for those that would rather do said activity and don't find the value in the fact that we are embedded in the hours of public education during the day. If you're 4-H and you don't want to teach the whatever, you just want to do the fun part, fine. 
But we are committed through public education. As a principal, you were one of my six hours of instruction a day. Right. And there are, there are commitments we've made to teach. So to me, the bigger, the, the reason this becomes so complicated is great teachers assess anyway, formatively right. and summatively. But where is the accountability? Because in my opinion, you know, like a Kayla in the world is, is not going to care if I say, hey, Kayla, do you mind if in your animal science class I just, we need to pick some kind of test so we know if your kids are learning? If the state came up with a test, state test for Kayla, she wouldn't be worried. Right. But the teacher that is robbing Peter to pay Paul because they really enjoy showing swine, <laughs> and so that's all they're doing, and they're Playing neglecting their commitment. Yeah. yeah their main job that's why the accountability is needed mm-hmm. and so that's tricky you know is managing that but can you do that authentically yes i think you can the other piece though is it's not just it can be any topic you know one of the things we found out as we're talking as we're reassessing industry certifications in florida now is there are state standards in agribusiness in that introductory ag science foundations course that Nobody was teaching because the ag teachers didn't want to teach it. Yeah. And so kids were fa- failing miserably on that section. And there I were, just took it. I'm not throwing rocks. It was just part of the thing what it was doing because they wanted to do it later in there. And there was a, there was a mismatch between what was happening in the classroom yeah. and what the standards were and how the tests were developed. Well, and there's and, so many student performance standards and you can only fit so many in. So you pick and choose the right. ones. That well, and Missouri, like we already, okay, so I was in a meeting where a group of florists said, you know what we need for the career certification? We need some florists to come in, and we need kids to create floral arrangements and, and conduct these skills needed to work in a floral um, shop. And we need the industry folks to authentically assess what they're doing. And then somebody said, isn't that our career development event? And everyone took this big gasp, like, <gasps> like couldn't our state test be our career development event scoring rubric? It is massive data of performance. So then the conversation came up that in Missouri, like in ag business management, if you perform at a certain level of mastery at the state contest, you get credit at the University of Missouri really? for having mastery in ag oh. economics. Wow. But then, then that brings up the dirty truth of when you look at a state and how all the teams performed on the ag business career development event, you find how low some of the mastery performance levels are on our career development events. You may win the environmental, um, you know, sciences career development event and only have scored at a 40% proficiency. Yeah. Well, and there's the other side of that is that at the state level in particular, not everyone is able to compete. So how do you decide who gets that opportunity? I mean, there's nothing to say that you can't do a practice run in your class and have that be your assessment. But I think that's an authentic assessment. You yeah, know, like I agree. We're close to it. I yeah. would much rather that than a multiple choice test. Mm-hmm. I do take my whole... Um, Ag 2 class to uh, the district soil evaluation event. I use mm-hmm. that as an authentic or as a technical skill attainment, mm-hmm. which works well, but not every district allows you to take every, all, yeah, everybody. Yeah, that's unfathomable. So I'll take a bus <laughs> yeah. and I'll take the 20 kids and that'll be great. But I've been to the Northwest District in Iowa and they're like, oh no, you can only bring your team. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's not an an, an exact overlap. I mean, the contest might focus on a couple of units within a class. And what do you do for the rest of it? I think one thing, though, that I I at least want to talk about this is when we, 
one of the questions that have to be asked before we talk about testing, you, you hit on early on is, what is the purpose mm-hmm. of our agricultural education? You know, and I think so often we focus on this test and how we write this test so people can pass it or all this sort of thing here, but yet we don't have that question, what are our goals? And one of the, one of the big challenges I think we have and when we're facing, as, we're, as we've been tasked with trying to help our state draft these certification exams, is I'm not sure we have universal agreement on what the goals and purpose of school-based agricultural education is even in a state, let alone national. Now, we can talk about all the good, warm, and fuzzy kind of thing, and, I'm not, and, we, and we're doing good stuff. But the problem really really boils down to is what exactly are we trying to accomplish in there? And, and we, we, we go back to local control, and I think that's, that's an important yeah. part of it. And then when you talk, start talking in our state, you know, there's one part of our state that's going to say, hey, everybody's got to know about sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to know about sugar cane production. That's If you're not in the, in the very southern tip of Florida, it doesn't happen. I mean, you grow a few things of sugar cane to make some cane syrup, maybe up there. And then up in the panhandle, you, you have to know soybean and corn production, where there's probably kids in the central Florida that couldn't identify a soybean plant because they never see one because it doesn't, doesn't go there. I guess. But then you got to go back to those basic fundamentals of plant science and those sort of things, and we got to have agreement upon what those those kind of things are. And that, and that, that is a challenge to get to get to there. But I've talked to ag teachers, and I've said, so there's this idea of guaranteed and viable curriculum. If my kiddo, if Gray Baker is in animal science, I am expecting that there, I would expect that they would leave that and know how to give a subcutaneous shot or what that even is. Or I would expect them to right. know the difference between a ruminant and a monogastric. So, you know, there's this idea in public ed that we have a guaranteed and viable curriculum. We're guaranteeing to people when they take our courses that they will learn this content. Right. And, you know, I think the challenge is when you're in a professional learning community, there's four corollary questions. What is it we expect them to learn? How do we know and assess if they learned it? How do we respond if they didn't learn it? And how do we respond if they already know it? Mm. Well, you can't know those four questions if you're an ag teacher and you don't have those goals set. And, you know, I think that there is some accountability. If, If I ask an ag teacher, is it possible to go through your, could I go four years through your program and never be exposed to soil science. And I had someone say, yeah, if you're not interested in any of those contests, like if you're a livestock guy and then you're into speeches and then the whole time, like you just are never into like the soil science, anything that's soil science. Yeah. You could not have that. And to me, that's where there's a need for accountability. Um, You know, a Monsanto or a General Mills or the people that are relying on our program would expect that our kids understand the basics of soil science. And so I think that's this juxtaposition of accountability versus local control. And, it, you know, it really comes down to teachers just doing the right things. But the, but the right thing is so, sh- it's so shifted, right? So in some communities, the right thing is teaching how to apply coconut oil to a swine before going to a swine jackpot Great, show. Great, then make that a goal. But then, in you know, in a community like mine, it's uh, where does my food come from? What yeah. is a swine and how does that lead to bacon? Because it's, um, yeah. so like getting to the point that you brought up, what is the goal of ag education? Gosh, that really depends on whether you're in a rural or an urban community and the backgrounds that kids bring to the table when they walk into your classroom. Is it a science classroom or is it a technical production agriculture classroom? And I know that varies yeah. county to county, let alone state to state across the nation. You know, I, I think, you know, there's, we go back to this, 
it gets tied up a lot in politics and what's happening with this. And I think that's safe to say. I think, you know, most teachers who really identify as being a teacher, nobody would, they all say they want to do, they all want to make, do good things. They all want their students to, to make gains in their, so if you're in a, if you're in that program for four years, you learn something other than just becoming four years older than you were when you started the program. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's those things in there. And I think most of us probably wouldn't be afraid of having some sort of data to find out are we making gains or not and finding ways yeah. to do that. The challenge comes in how we operationalize this. How do we put this thing into practice to make these things happen? And if anything else, I hope people think about testing is not just one thing. Yeah. We go back there and we look at, okay, is there the testing, the formative summative that we're doing in our classrooms? There's the testing on the statewide level. There's the testing for the certification thing. And, and, and not to use it as an excuse. The problem is I think we talk about this so often we want to say, well, science and math, they take all the tests. Well, somebody else did that for them, but they don't have it figured out either. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think we, we can't use that so much as an excuse. we got to keep working on this thing. And we can't just say we, we can't hide behind local control, I don't think. But we have to say it's important to kind of use it as well. Yeah. But how, do, how are we really setting goals and purposes for our program and then find out if we're meeting them or not? I think that's, that's the real take-home message. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think that that's a good conclusion to this argument is testing and assessment is a natural part of teaching and learning and then there's this ugly state testing thing that happens which is a whole nother monster so i think this is a great conversation so ag teachers that are listening to this podcast uh tear us up on this (laughs) how does testing work comment tell us we're idiots do engage yourselves in this conversation because i think teachers talking to teachers about assessment you just look at this specific critical conversation with teachers at the table. There's just a lot of power in teachers having conversation about testing and assessment. And as research starts to determine, it determines what we know. You know, testing helps our students. Assessment helps our students. But also the freedom of not having that state exam. Well, thank you to everybody that was in the guest critical conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. It was really fun. And uh, please comment. Um, so jump on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, it's Al Pellets. Um, just type that in, and you'll get a couple regurgitated um, <laughs> Al websites, and then you'll get us. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is the first time you've listened. Funny um, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the first time you've listened. Go find us. We've got a WordPress, uh, some blogs, and these podcasts. Whatever format you want this, you'll find it. Um, so we appreciate everybody listening. And until next time, Al Pellets is out. Elevate your ability to impact the world with an advanced degree in agricultural education and communication from the University of Florida. Our faculty and staff are committed to provide our graduate students with a premier education both online and on campus, equipping you with the tools needed to strengthen the agriculture and natural resources industries. We're empowering agriculturalists who will become the next educators, the next communicators, and the next leaders for the Gator Good. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.